0: This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Come on, just begin to pray in the Spirit all over this place. Hey, 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 hey. Come on, lift your voice to the Lord. Yeah pick the keys up now now pick them up hey yeah 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 hit the drums again hit the drums good seria leyenda armandie Come on, lift a song, lift the sound to Jesus, right? That's it, right there, right there. That's it.
1: That's it.
0: shout of praise. Come on. Lift a shout of praise. our praise and uh, I was just reading an old account of Amy Simple McPherson she was in her tent preaching and these devils surrounded the tent mocking her you know Larissa mentioned the lies that Jesus is still washing and renewing our minds and almost pleading with us to believe that he's as good as he says he is and these demons were mocking Amy and mocking what she was preaching and she didn't know what to do and the Holy Ghost spoke to her and said praise lift the praise lift up praise see praise changes the way we feel we don't wait to feel different before we praise the Lord as she began to praise she noticed those devils began flying back and in the distance she saw angel armies coming toward the tent until the glory of God flooded the tent and there were too many miracles and salvations to count I don't want you to lift a praise right now to get rid of the devil. I want you to lift a praise in just a second because of the majesty of Jesus which by default will run the devil out of here and out of your life. So when I count to three, look, I want every instrument, every voice, every hand to clap. Whatever you have to do to be undignified enough to yield your body so that it becomes possessed by the spirit of praise. I want you to do that. I'm going to count to three and I want us to explode in exaltation under the risen king. One, two, three. Jesus. I just heard the Holy Spirit say, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Wow. Jesus, we give you praise. We give you praise. And we worship you. Father, I pray that the tangible glory of God would flow and rest on us, that the Holy Ghost would teach us and show us Jesus as we open the bread of life this morning. And I'm asking for life-altering, life-changing miracles today and tonight. In Jesus' name. And most of all, I pray we'd love you more than we did when we came in. In Jesus' name. Amen. So good debrief, guys. Good job. How'd that work? (laughs) Give me a hug, man. I missed you guys. All right. Now we can preach. It's so so good to be here. I'm a little uh, woozy right now. And I needed it. Larissa, thank you for having me. And um, it's good to be home. So many friends here. If I started, I, I wouldn't be able to finish, but I love all of you and it's just such a joy. If God's touching you while I'm teaching, just let Him touch you and forget about me. One time, uh, Pastor Paul and Rivers Teske are here. Stand up, Revan Rivers. Would you do that? Paul's preached here before. They've relocated to Dallas. They are, they are Texans. When did you leave in 1976? 76, before I was born. Praise God. And uh, I think they had plans on coming back pretty soon, and they just got back 40 years, late, 40 years later. So... <laughs> but I was preaching in their church once and the Lord said stop talking and I, and I was like well I'm preaching Lord he goes yeah I realize that uh, I'm not learning anything about myself I just need you to stop talking for a second so I can do something and I actually told the Lord in my heart I just started preaching back then I said well don't you like what I'm saying he goes yeah but I'd actually like to come and do something and I can't because you talk so much So I talked five minutes too long, and by His mercy, God still did something. He healed a girl of stage 4 lymphoma, a 10-year-old girl. Let that happen today. Amen? Amen? I do want to, yeah, say amen. Come on, agree with me. I do want to jump in uh, to the scriptures. Uh, Freeland asked me to teach um, on just the, the preciousness of the Word of God. And I think it's important that I do that right now, uh, even as you know many of you follow Jesus' image. We're really known for the move of the Holy Spirit and exalting Jesus, but I think it's important that people know who we are behind the scenes. And I am chewing up the Scriptures constantly, um, but I do have a motive in mind when I'm reading the Bible. And. Let me say this. My motive while I'm reading the Bible is not to learn more about the Bible. That made some Bible Belt people mad. Well, it's like this. Jesus has given us the Scriptures so that we might discover Him. Are you with me? If you come away from your Bible reading saying, I read my Bible and that's it. It's good, but not great. That's a good thing. It's just a lower plateau than God's ultimate intention. You want to come away from your Bible reading by saying, I met Jesus in the Scriptures. Okay. Now, nothing I'm going to tell you today comes from my own opinion. I'm going to back it all up with Scripture. Okay. So, take your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. And I just want you to mark that. It should be an easy mark. (laughs) Ah, Just take a hard left and you'll get there eventually. It's not in the New Testament, Heath. (laughs) I feel joy. I feel joy. That's a good thing. Okay, so... Before we start reading, I took six years, my last six years, to find Jesus in every scripture of the Bible. And it has completely changed my life. I would say, other than being born again, filled with the Spirit, it's been the most enriching spiritual journey of my entire life. Finding the Lord in the garden of the scriptures. And I took six years to do it. So if you take my Bible, I'll punch you. But after I punch you, uh, you'll find that I, I write down what I see of Jesus to the right of just about every paragraph in the Bible. And the reason that's important is because Paul said, knowledge puffs up. I love how Bill Johnson says it. Bill says, if I don't experience the Lord while I'm reading the scriptures, it just equips me to debate a little better. How many of you have fallen into that trap a few times? I know I did. I was so programmed to disagree with people because I thought I knew more Bible than them. Right? That never happens when you discover the Lord while you're reading. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get this far today, but I'm also going to show you that Jesus was well aware of his destiny via the Scriptures. To the degree that Paul writes, Christ died... According to the scriptures. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? So Lou Engle's been saying for a long time. Yeah, weren't we all in Cleveland together? All of us? Yeah, that was that call in Cleveland. So Lou's been saying for a long time. You've got to learn. You've got to learn to insert yourself into the narrative. You have to find the scriptures in the word that deal with you. And learn for destiny's sake to insert yourself where God is talking about you. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus even said regarding Judas that this must happen, this betrayal. Why? To fulfill the Scriptures. See, that's what a faithful son does. So it's very important that we realize, before I get started, that there is no division between word and presence and flow and preaching. In fact, the preachers that make our hearts come alive while they're teaching you the Bible, are aware of the presence the whole time. So what we have to do is realize there is no scalpel thin enough to divide all this stuff. So how many of you grew up word of faith? A ton of you. Okay, wait, wait, put both hands up. Okay, how many of you grew up more Pentecostal? like charis- How much charismatic? How many of you just didn't grow up any anyway? Okay, here's the deal. God could give a rip about all that stuff. This whole thing's about Jesus. There, there isn't a, a, a charismatic section in heaven. There isn't. You know, it's not like, oh, they're over there. You know? So a, a guy that I've known and respect had a major issue with a lot of the Catholics and Catholic teachings. He's gone on to be with the Lord. I was telling Heath yesterday on the golf course. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for golf courses. I was telling Heath, I bet he's saying hello to all these wonderful Catholics who gave their life to Jesus. I bet he's a little sorry for the things he said about them. Maybe he even said sorry up there. So the point is this. Don't pen yourself into a box when you come to Jesus. You say this, Lord, I'm coming to you through the scriptures right now. My identity is completely lost in you. I want you right now. And you have to learn to throw out everything but him when you come to him through the scriptures. Okay? So Genesis chapter 1. This to me is so foundational when you open your Bible. It says, In the beginning God, or Elohim, or in verse 1, created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then, say then, God said, Let there be light. We are children of the light. Okay? That's what the Bible says. We are children of the light. Jesus is the light of the world. Every time we come to the Lord, we should experience his heavenly illumination. The light should turn on for love or or with love of him. Are you with me? And it happens in a certain way and in a certain order. And this is something I want to deal with with millennial revival culture. Look, we don't have the right to tell God how he wants to be worshipped. You following me? We don't we don't have the right to say this is what love mean this is what love looks like to you. God has the right to say this is how I experience love. We have to let him set the standard. God gave Moses the design for the tabernacle. God t- Moses told Bezalel exactly how to build it. You would think that God would give them a little freedom. We do have freedom in the spirit, but you would think God would give Moses like just a little wiggle room when it came to building the tabernacle. you think maybe God would let him pick the colors. All the ladies are like, that would have been a bad idea, right? <laughs> you think God might just tell him what... I mean, just something... Can Moses just build a portion of the tabernacle the way he wants to build it? Well, here's the issue with that. That worship was not unto Moses. It was unto God. So we have to allow God to set the standard and, you ladies are going to love this one because I have read the book, determine his own love language. God has one. So check this out. If we're not giving him what he deems to be love... He does not feel loved by us. That's just basic, common Bible sense. Let me give you an example. That tabernacle was so intricate, so perfect, so beautiful. The detail was amazing, and all of it speaks of Jesus. Moses worked so hard. You would think at the very end of building that tabernacle, when they were hammering the nails in that would hold the ropes, that would ultimately hold the tent and the curtain, you would think that the Lord would say, Moses, amazing job. I'll tell you what. You get to hammer that nail in any way you want. Wouldn't that be a nice bone to throw at Moses? Very kind of the Lord. But the Lord says, okay, look, you're almost done. This is the last thing you need to do to get the tent up. I need you to hammer the nails in, halfway in the ground, and halfway out. Now the scriptures called Jesus the nail. Even in Moses' pounding the nail into the ground, the father was prophesying that one day my son would come and die and go into the ground and be raised up again. It's a picture of Christ crucified and the glory of the resurrection. Even in the nail. It's amazing. And that is what held up the entire tent. Christ crucified in his resurrection. If we get so lost in some ethereal glory, you know I love the glory. If we get lost in some ethereal glory that does not include Jesus and is not in his face and does not include the shotgun shell of the gospel, which is this, he died and he's been raised, it is not the glory of God. Are you with me? It's very important that we understand God has the right to set the standard. And when we come to him on his terms, according to the scriptures. According to the scriptures, he promises something himself. I could go down. I'm not doing the rabbit trail. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to teach. I will be a good boy today. Okay. So, Genesis 1, the Bible says here, in verse 2 the earth was without form and void darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering say the spirit of God over the face of the waters and God said when you read your Bible give the Holy Spirit a second to hover over the waters of your heart do not dive right in okay Uh, this is the biblical pattern and again he sets the standard. How, what does that look like? This is what that looks like. You have your Bible out. Every morning, by the way. Every morning. You say, I don't have time. Make the time. This is way more important than anything. You have time to put your clothes on. I'd rather you run around naked in your house than not read your Bible. Find a way to do it. Make the time, skip a meal before you don't spend time with the Lord in his word, make the time. And you know, it's not religious to actually schedule it. That does not make me a cessationist. Okay. Sometimes you just got to be a little normal schedule it. When should you schedule it? I don't know if you look, I was getting up at three in the morning for a long time because our kids were so small. Did I feel great? No. Did you did I fall asleep? Yeah, one guy was like, "Bro, what do I do if I fall asleep while I'm praying?" I go, "You wake up and keep praying." <laughs> I go, "You're sleeping anyways. So get up." See, look, God is not bound to visit our curiosity. You need to write that down. God is not bound to visit the curious. He visits the diligent. He certainly does not build a habitation based on our curiosity. The whole world's curious. Man, are you hearing me? I feel the power of God. Listen, God's looking to choose a few people in this end time age who will taste, listen, listen to me, taste of the powers of the age to come. Like a SEAL Team 6 of the body of Christ. And you know who gets picked? The ones who passed the test of being called and jumped into the camp that is chosen. Those are the few that are chosen. Everybody receives the call. If you want to be average, you can. You can just be average. It's totally fine. You'll go to heaven. You'll love it up there. You won't be where I am. I'll be on the golf course or the fly rod somewhere. I hope they have one. But let me tell you this. If you just slide on in, you're not going to be where the Apostle Paul is up there. You think the thief on the cross is going to enjoy the same glory that the apostle Paul did? This is the upward call Paul talked about. We are living unto a heavenly age and perspective, eternity. And when you start living like that, you know what happens? God is not just into what you're doing, He'll get down to the nitty gritty why you're doing it. It's the ones who yield their motive. When they yield their motive to the Lord and He begins to purify it with holy fire, All of a sudden, the motive is, is literally glorified in the presence of God. And it becomes a jewel. you know there's a council up there? I didn't mean to go here, but I'm going to do it. Why did Jeremiah say that the false prophets of Israel didn't have the word of the Lord? You know what he said? You don't stand in the council of the Lord. That's why everything you're saying is garbage. That's what he said. Remember they were telling the king, oh, Babylon won't come. God's blessed Israel. Good things are coming. And Jeremiah's going, no, no, no. We need to repent. We need to give our life back to to, to God. We need, we need God. We actually, and it got so bad that Jeremiah said, look, just let them come and trust in the mercy of God. And the false prophets kept saying, no, 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 nothing's wrong. And Jeremiah said, you're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. You don't stand in the counsel of God. You don't get your orders from heaven. So every day, man, don't preach, Michael. It's hard for an evangelist not to preach. Every day, take the word. And this is what I do. I say this. Holy Spirit, you're the one who wrote the word. You're the, you're the great teacher. I don't want to read the word only today. I want to eat it. Show me Jesus. Show me Jesus where I've never seen him. Show me Jesus in Leviticus. Show me Jesus everywhere. Show me Jesus in the places I don't even like to read. Show me Jesus in the genealogies. I know he's there because he said, the scriptures speak of me. Show me Jesus. And then once I feel the moisture of his presence, and that doesn't mean I'm getting tasered and, you know, it'd be nice, but whatever. Once I'm aware of the Lord, that's the platform I dive into the word on. See, presence, listen, check this out. Presence is the platform that I stand on to receive the revelation of the word. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says this. That God gathered the waters first, right? Gathered the waters. In other words, there was one ocean. And then from that gathering, land appeared. What's that tell me? It's when the gathering of my affection begins to come into one place, in one alignment, until I'm just looking at the Lord. Then land appears and I have something to stand on, something to preach, something to say. There's weight on what we say. You'll never be an echo if you are finding the bread of life every single day. See, God is raising up voices, real voices, who are burning and chewing and meditating on the scriptures. Sometimes people get mad at me because I don't open my Bible when I preach. But the reason is, is because I've been feasting on it. I don't have to. Sometimes it's flowing out of me. I once had a guy say, "Man, just count." I I challenge someone count the amount of verses that come out of me while I'm preaching. Why is it? Because I'm chewing on it. I'm listening to it in my ears. I'm going down the road. It's on autoplay on my iPhone. I love the scriptures, but the scriptures are not a book. I mean, they are, but they're not. You know what I'm saying? It's the, the, the Word of God is not a mere book. When you read it with the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, remember this, is the heart of Jesus in written form. It's the heart of Jesus. It is not this conglomerate spiritual equation that we all put together to just get stuff we want. I mean, I can use Scripture to justify stoning some of you right now. I could, right? Right? But that's what happens when I'm not coming to Jesus through the Scriptures. So to make it really easy, this is what I want you to do in the morning. It doesn't have to be at 3. Make it 3.30. And, and just go, just go, Jesus, I've re-, you could say something like this. I've read the Bible all my life, but I want to see you when I'm reading now. This is what I've been praying to him hold me by the hand and walk me through the holy garden of the word. You're hiding behind every verse. Isn't it amazing that God comes to Adam the first day, Adam misses his appointment with God and says, where are you? God is into appointments. Make a date with God. Maybe you're like, there's no power flowing in my life. That's why. My mind's not renewed. I'm bound. That might be Why? No, uh, people tell me all the time, no sick get healed when I pray for him. Do you pray for him? No. That's the issue, bro. Go for it. Never raise the dead. Try. Look. Get with him. And open the word and realize this is a, like a gateway straight into the chambers of his heart. This is a love book. Are you hearing me? This is a book of love. And check this out. It, Jesus didn't just show up in Matthew. the whole thing is about him I'm crazy huh I feel crazy right now the the whole thing is about Jesus the the Old Testament is not about an angry God who killed animals so that people could occasionally talk to him with incense in their face and then somehow Jesus showed up to save this horrible situation the whole thing is about him he's in verse 1 Genesis 1 said, in the beginning God, Elohim, plural, three and one, one and three. That's what Elohim means. Right off the bat, in the beginning God, God says, I am a trinity. I am three and I am one. And what does the Bible end with? The spirit and the bride say, the whole thing's about Jesus. The whole thing. That's why I'm so passionate about this man, because he's right there. He's right. You can jump into his heart. And sometimes we barely crack this holy word. You say, I'm about presence. I'm not about the word. (laughs) If you're about a presence that's not found in the word, it's the wrong presence. And trust me, that's happening. It's happening. You say, that can't be because the presence I'm talking about is Jesus. Yeah, but it's got to be the right one. Right? Do you know what the name Jesus is in English? Joshua. There's how many Joshua's live in Dallas? Why don't they get you healed? How about Jesus in Tijuana? There's a ton of them down there. I'm just saying, there's Josh's, there's Jesus. They're everywhere. What's different about ours? It's the Jesus of the Scriptures. It's this one right here. Right here. The one who was born in a manger. The one who was conceived of a virgin. The one who was foretold by the holy prophets. The one who was announced by the hosts of heaven the one who grew up in a ghetto called nazareth that one right there the one who came to reveal the father the one who suffered the one who died the one who was buried the one who was raised again who ascended and is coming back that's our jesus and you know why you know all that about him because he's right here if you don't know the jesus of the bible you'll make up your own you say no i wouldn't the jews did the israelites did when did they do it? In the wilderness? Well, tell me about it. How? They took the gold that was meant to create a structure for the Lord. That God gave them when they ravaged Egypt. They st- What does gold symbolize? Divinity. What does that mean? He's God. He's God. That's what it speaks of. They ravaged, totally ransacked Egypt. Egypt looked like a nuclear war zone by the time God was done with it. You think of all the plagues, combine them all at once. It was a scary-looking situation. Dead cows everywhere, frogs, grasshoppers, hail, fire, firstborn dead in every home. And the night the Israelites leave, they, the, 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 the Egyptians are saying, look, get out of here. Take all our money. Just take all our money and get out of here. That will happen one day. There will be a great transfer. You mark my words. Where the money that's been held up in the world, it's going to fund the gospel going to fund the gospel. So now the the Israelites take everything the the Egyptians have. And all of a sudden they say, man, Moses has been up there too long. We don't like the fact that he's been up there too long. And Moses is a picture of Jesus. How much of the church is saying, I don't think he's really coming back. Maybe that's just symbolic. No, homie, he's coming back. He is really coming back with a body. He didn't just become a man. He still is a man. He's still the God man who ever lives to intercede for us. So the, the, the Israelites are like, man, when's he coming back? I know what we'll do. We'll build a calf. Right? Not a lamb. We'll build a calf. And here's what we'll do. We'll make him just like we want him to be. And then we're going to give him a name. So after they construct this calf, they say and tell all of the camp of Israel. This is what they say to him. Come with us and let us celebrate and worship Jehovah. They built a calf and named it Jesus or Jehovah. What does that say? That outside the scriptures we can construct a so-called revelation of Jesus. That is not the real Jesus. And name him Jesus. And that's why I believe God is Doing this in Freeland's heart right now. I've been thinking about that. I've been talking to the Lord about it, even on the way here. Why Why is this happening at Upper Room now? Why this teaching and why now? And this is why I believe it's happened. When the glory of God fell in this church, I was here before. I don't know if you guys remember that. There was some wild stuff that happened to me personally in that meeting I was preaching that I still haven't talked about publicly. And I told you guys, the move of the Holy Spirit was coming, like silver whirlwinds, and it would have a name written across the whirlwind. Conviction. Remember that? And that that whirlwind would trigger revival all around America. The whirlwind's here. I came back a week later, and I, I didn't even recognize the leaders. They were glowing with the glory of God. Miller sat there on that stage, and just did nothing, and God just started doing everything. Man, it was beautiful. I feel the Lord because of jealousy for His glory. In you, by the way. And He's jealous of you. It's the love of God toward you that He wants you to understand who this presence actually is. And that is impossible outside the word of God. Impossible. Looking back at my life, when the revelation of Jesus started coming and our ministry was birthed, it came off of a season of five years never leaving the Gospels. I read the Gospels for five years, nonstop. Started memorizing entire chapters of the Bible. Because check this out. When the devil does come with a lie, and he will, and just a side note, when the devil says, has God really said, God never sort of says anything. You know that's him. What, I mean, does he really? Yeah, God is never 50-50. He either says it or he doesn't. When the devil comes, and he will, and if he does, you don't have to believe what he says, but you do not fight, check this out, you do not fight what he's telling you based on your prior experience in the presence of God. You have to learn how to go to war for your own mind. I've been there, man. I'm telling you. I've walked through those dark holes where the devil lies to you and tells you he's going to take you out and your family and You start to believe the garbage, and you end up crazy, and you don't want to leave your room. I've laid in a bed for two weeks. I get it. I get it. I've heard him say, you bit off more than you can chew. You won't have a generation. You won't see America bow its knee to Jesus. You've gone too far. Stop praying for the sick. Make it a little more balanced. And by the way, some of the meetings we call balance are just funerals. It's not balance. It's death. It's death. And so the devil starts bartering with you and Hoping you make these exchanges with them, but I won't go that far. I won't believe that Dallas will be known as a hub, an apostolic hub. That Upper Room won't be known as a place that houses His glory, where people are set free and righteousness experienced and joy. All these lies come, and then you see other people whose children aren't walking with God, and, you, and the devil says that'll be those will be your kids one day. What was what's better about you than that preacher? And then you start comparing yourself. With the preacher instead of with the word. And now the devil's dancing with you and you don't even know it. If anybody could have preached and depended on his resume against the devil, it was Jesus. He's got a pretty awesome resume. He could have said, dude, what are you talking about? I'm the one who kicked you out of heaven. Don't you know who I am? What did he do? He went back to the word. You've got to find your five smooth stones and learn how to implant them And paste the devil between the eyes like David did. Find them in the brook. Get them in the brook. you got to find them. Why were they smooth? Because those scriptures, those are prophetic pictures of scriptures we use. Those scriptures had been polished in the river of the Spirit. I'm not talking about memorizing for mere memorization. There are Harvard theologians who don't believe Jesus is real, who know more chapter and verse than all of us combined. My tour guides in Israel know more New Testament than all of us preachers who went on the tour. Yet none of them believe that Jesus is the Son of God. What's the difference? Holy Spirit? It's the Holy Spirit. He does the work. Is memorization important? Yeah, but do it in the presence of God. Do it in the river and learn to find your weaponry. And even if you sound crazy, you're driving down the road, the Lord says, you know what? You're going to get sick one day because your mom did. I will not get sick. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Men, start talking out loud. Beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. If you have to do it a hundred times, do it. Without you knowing, you're rewiring your mind. But if you go to war, if you go to war and wait till the war begins to find the five smooth stones, you're going to wish you didn't. And the more you meditate on the scriptures, you become impenetrable. Because he'll come back for a better at a better time. You know when that better time is? When you're weak. What's that tell me? Don't get weak. <laughs> if you're tired, take a nap, dude. If you feel like you can't make it to church because your your children need you, stay at home. Are you following me? I'm telling leaders here. If if you feel like, man, that trip just doesn't feel right. I think that trip might stretch me too far. Don't go. He will never face you when you're strong and burning. He'll wait for an open door and look for this humanity, this humanity to appear that we all have and wait to hit us there right in the mind. And it's the word of God that keeps us. I didn't even get to my notes. Shoot. They're good notes. Just give me like two more minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you a fire hose here, okay? Okay. Okay, John 5, 39. The scriptures speak of me. Remember, the Bible reveals Jesus and Jesus reveals the Bible. Okay? Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8. Write that down. I want you to dig into that one. Luke 24. The scripture says here that Jesus is resurrected He sits down with the disciples. I know Freeland talked about this before. And begins to show the disciples what the scriptures say about him. That's all in Luke 24. In fact, the scripture says, He showed them the things regarding himself from Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. What does that tell me? The whole thing's about Jesus. So what Jesus isn't going to do is sit down with you and go... Hey, I really need you to get smart and puffed up. No, he's gonna, he's gonna, I'm gonna teach you 20 verses today so you can just have 20 verses. No, he's gonna say, These are the 20 verses and they all talk about me. Okay? Write this down. To love the word is to love his presence. That's Matthew six sixty three. Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are life. In other words, when Jesus speaks, the Holy Ghost is available for the having. Man. Every word is wrapped in the presence of the Spirit. To love His word is to love His Spirit. Because words can only be heard when breath is released. If I don't breathe and move my mouth, I will move, but you can't hear me. It's like lip singing. That's what Meredith was doing earlier. Just joking, Mary. You know you're my favorite. Just a joke. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. (laughs) When the Lord speaks, he breathes. So to love his word is to love his spirit. To not love his word is to not love the spirit. To love his word is to love his movement. You say, I'm into the move of God, not so much the word of God. Nobody speaks without moving. The face of God is called the glory of God. When God speaks, his face moves. In other words, God is incredibly active through his word. What I'm wanting to happen in all of us is to throw the dumb labels away. And let's all realize that it's not about this, you know, from 9 to 10 is not presence time and 10 to 11 is word time and 11 to 12 is intercession. No! It's all in this realm called the Holy Spirit.
2: To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at jesusimage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.